Hello, and thank you so much for tuning into the Education Burrito, podcast that unwraps the everyday challenges in learning and teaching in education, exploring the ins and outs and highs and lows and different pedagogy approaches, enhancing student engagement amongst everything in education. My name is Q Sum, and each episode I'll be joined by special guests as we unwrap the Education Burrito. Welcome to another episode of the Education Burrito. And today we are going all out as we are chatting something very technology cool. Don't know if that is even a phrase. I'm joined today by someone who is passionate in teaching and learning, including arts and crafts, because I quote, they cannot imagine a world without colours. They also like to bring the fun aspects in every activity. They have a background in educational rehabilitation and they later in educational treatment of diversity, which sounds really awesome. They are a trainer in special education and teaches students about inclusion. On a weekly basis, they run a digital creativity lab workshop, exploring creativity in different innovative ways and as one of the learner facilitators for the NeuroChampion program at NeuroLove. And they also spend hundreds of hours designing and implementing augmented materials. And finally, their motto is inclusive, individualized and creative. Hope you can guess who my special guest is. It's a fantastic Sarah Merzik. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I feel honored with this introduction. You've done a great job. Thank you. Well, you are a fantastic person. <laughs> it's nice to hear it like uh, from someone else, really. I've, um, I've been just focusing on sharing everything I've got with the world and whoever can find some benefit out of it. Because, yeah, if I study that kind of field, why not share my knowledge and skills? That's the whole point of it. Uh, that's brilliant. Perhaps let's start us off then. What one interesting thing have you done recently? Oh, um, really interesting thing that I've done recently. Um, maybe this AR exhibition. That's something that really kind of, it, it's my hobby, but it also became part of my professional work. It was four months ago with the Earth Day celebration, Earth Day events all around the globe. And due to this COVID uh, situation that we're all in, this geopark that I was working with, they were supposed to cancel the whole exhibition. It's, it was supposed to be the traditional exhibition of paintings and photographs. So hearing that, I was kind of sad because uh, there, there are options we can use. And I've just decided to take a few days off and put their whole exhibition in digital area in digital space so i made these um, ar spheres where audience could just jump in the middle and turn around with their phone in three 360 degrees uh, of a panoramic exhibition which was really really exciting and i mean for me to create and also for others to participate so that was something fun and different uh, that i've done recently relatively recently it's something in this uh, covid crisis that came out really well uh, that's awesome so you've touched on there that you're very big into augmented reality uh, for those who are not quite sure what this is what is augmented reality oh that's a question i get really often so i have so many different definitions by now uh simplest one and one that's kind of um, straightforward is it's an interrelation of physical and digital elements so we have a physical part physical side which can be called a trigger trigger image or trigger object some also call it an anchor and then when we use our device we can see an overlay of digital elements on it when i say elements i mean audio, video, images, text, links, PDFs, whatever you can imagine, uh, clickable buttons as well. And then combination of all of them can create wonders, of course. It's all about imagination 
And this combination of digital and physical actually makes it super engaging. It's tactile, it's tangible, and it's also uh, digital and fun. So I kind of think it's the world of wonders. Some students call it magical. It's, it's got a lot of definitions from computer scientists as well, which kind of sound a little bit different, but this is something that I like. Oh, that it is magical. When I first um, saw it and when I first played with it, I was just like, I felt like a kid. Um, it was just so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just so magical. But how about virtual reality? What's the difference between augmented reality and virtual reality? Yeah, that's, that's also good to know because at some point it kind of merges into this whole continuum. We find a continuum of uh, virtual and virtuality. So it ranges from our actual reality, stuff that we see through our windows, stuff that we see with our eyes, using a device that's best suited for it, our eyes, and then moving on towards virtual reality. We first find augmented reality, then virtual reality. Uh, and the difference is that more we go towards this virtual side, uh, more environment is actually digital. Uh, so virtual reality compared to augmented reality has virtual environment. While in augmented reality, if you remember maybe Pokemon Go, you see your actual environment, you see your street, your, your table, and you have only a few elements, little Pokemons coming out. Um, so that's the main difference. How big percentage of your environment do you want to, be, uh, do you want to see in digital? It, it's good. I mean, both sides are really well. It depends on what you want to use it for, of course. If it's a full um, expedition, we have Google Expeditions, which can take us to really cool places like Machu Picchu or some museum. Uh, it doesn't have to be fantastic. It can be real. It can be something that's just on the other side of the world. And it helps us to transport us plus 50 other students there in a second, which is quite useful. Uh, but if it's just to you know, engage students in paying attention to one specific element, be it a Pokemon or a chemistry element, uh, it can be maybe it's better to use augmented reality then so yeah depends on the use definitely so the virtual reality is the one with the goggles right you put it on your on your face yeah definitely you can use goggles for both uh, but it's really difficult to enter virtual reality just with your phone because the whole environment is digital so you need to walk around with your phone and focus on that little screen uh, goggles allow you to have a bigger screen to have perspective that's wider and you can move your head and it recognizes your movement and, and shows different environment then so yeah I mean it's not very accessible to the wider world and, and community to have goggles so I prefer sometimes to design things which are focused on phones and tablet devices which most people do have nowadays goggles we're still trying to get it's a really exciting area and exciting industry there are many different goggles and even if you don't have a full uh, headset like uh, i don't know oculus or or something like that you, you can still use google cardboards or different cardboard goggles which are just made out of yeah cardboard and you put your phone in front which works just the same so there are a lot of creative solutions to use and i'm happy to see those things because i'm always up for solutions which can be used both in a well-developed world and maybe third world countries who also want to experience magic and learning so you know you need to have a little balance there so before we go into say talking about the examples and the work that you do how did you first got into this whole AR thing did you just want to be like one morning I woke up 
I really want to bring the magic. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it popped right out of my fridge. No, I was actually thinking about this recently because I got that question. I couldn't remember how it all started. I think I was uh, studying still in my in my bachelor's or something. And I got this amazing assignment from my teacher saying that I need to upgrade the whole classroom and do technology integration with funds being absolute zero. <laughs> which was really reflecting the situation in many other countries. And of course, I started Googling around what I can do, what trends we have in education. And I found these apps. It was, it was focused on specific apps at the point. It was, I think, Anatomy 4D and Elements 4D. And technically, those browsers who would use some little image triggers and connect them, show some elements. And it was really fun and engaging. And then uh, seeing that one, printing out those materials, I decided that I want to see more, that I want to use it for different subjects. Started searching for other subjects, but it was always kind of limited to animals, uh, chemistry, and maybe medical topics. Yeah, being a little bit, you know, disappointed with the offer, I decided to, you know, take this matter into my own hands and found some new options. I didn't, I still didn't have enough time to learn coding and, you know, start from the scratch, but I did find apps and uh, softwares which allow me to create my own materials and that's how the whole creativity started because once you see that you are in charge of content that's appearing of triggers that you want to anchor them to it's just it's magical for a teacher as well to use it for so many different subjects levels and then it really started from primary school elements and materials and i ended up with high school students and teaching inclusion and academic skills as well some treasure hunts around the library there's so many things that you can do it's crazy. I can't imagine doing a treasure hunt in <laughs> the library. When in the library, you need to be really quiet. It just yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like really boring thing, but if you need to scan something on the second floor with specific number, you're running. <laughs> you are running. It is really fun. They still need to be quiet, but that's the best way I think to learn where is what in a huge library on four floors. So it, it was quite exciting to see our students do it. Did the librarians ever thought why are they running around? Yeah, I did get a few questions, but uh, I think overall a benefit for them uh, was that these were first year students. They afterwards knew exactly where things are, so they asked less questions. So overall benefit, I think, was balanced. Brilliant to hear how you got involved into this work. But what influences your work, though? Do teachers help you, motivate you to do that? Or do you just, with your own kind of encouragement? Oh, um, I do have a lot of sources of inspiration. But mainly I start with problems because I see a lot of times people integrate new technology just for the sake of integrating it. And then we have this fun tool that kids can play with, but there's no purpose for it. And it soon becomes obsolete or just unnecessary. But if we start with a problem, with something that we need solving or need improving, and then finding the right tool for it, that works much better for practice and being in constant contact with teachers from the UK that I've done my PhD with and my previous teachers from Croatia, Latvia and around. I get a lot of feedback on what they've already done on maybe problems they've faced while integrating AR or some random problems that they have in practice thinking that I might solve them in some way, which is a great 
creativity boost because when you have a problem that you need to solve, then creativity jumps in and you have 15 different solutions in, in three minutes and then you test them out. So my job here is really to test out several ideas and solutions until I get to something that's relatively optimal so, so I can share it with teachers back. And that's how the whole collaboration starts and continues on. And I think that's the best part of my job, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. I think anyone would want you to be on their team to help solve all these problems they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I would say the biggest one so far was um, assessment guidance. And in higher education, when they have the, just these PDFs of endless text, which is boring and not very engaging to read, we've transformed them into summaries, which are colorful, have some, um, yeah, again, colorful, of course, nothing goes without colors. Uh, a bit of um, graphic design there is really important to really focus students' eyes on something that's important and then overlay all the extra information on it, which is not necessarily right there uh, needed in the moment. So that helped a little bit with the whole engagement of students in terms of what they download, how they use the materials. Is it just a pack of PDFs that they put in the drawer and never see again? Or it's something that they can on a daily basis use while they work. So those kinds of problems. Easy to list, sometimes a little bit difficult to solve. But once we have a possible solution, it can be uh, available to all institutions because it's, it's not just institution-based. It's just a regular teaching and learning idea that can be implemented everywhere. No, it's great that you've mentioned and touched upon uh, student engagement. So if we move on to that, then what sort of work have you done previously or are you doing right now to to help engage students in learning and teaching? Uh, So my interest in engagement started with my PhD topic, really. I'm, uh, I'm focusing on engagement and experience of primary school pupils uh, with these augmented reality learning tools. However, I am uh, also looking at engagement of students and pupils with ADHD who might have some attentional difficulties, which is really exciting because uh, there is this option of offering different differentiated materials to learn and same idea same approach works for higher education too so valuing and respecting this kind of um, individuality of our students their preference their needs really uh, actually helps their engagement they feel valued they understand that if they have some other preference or some difficulty in understanding reading uh, engaging with materials that we can help them we can adjust this we can change the way it's uh, you know laid out for them uh, and they can do that by themselves as well if, if materials allow for that so uh, i'm real advocate for these, these kind of multimedia uh, materials and um, uh, yeah by by actually uh, being involved with teaching in higher education, I had an opportunity to kind of influence um, different ways of approaching student engagement, not just uh, with work and learning, but actually do they read the materials we give them? Do they spend time on them? Do, is it useful for them or is it just something that they visited once, downloaded, saved time somewhere and that's it? I, I like this kind of differentiation of what is actually important and what kind of numbers we use to, you know, value that kind of engagement. Hmm. You've mentioned you work with uh, ADHD students then. Do you find that by using AR with say those who are with mixed abilities does it help them or how has it helped them in any way? Do you have any examples that you want to share? Million dollar question, million dollar question. Yeah well 
I mean, I cannot really generalize by saying that uh, some group benefits more than other, but something that is visual and visually appealing and offers different kinds of uh, modalities, which can also maybe include read out loud button or maybe translate to another language button that just caters for students who are diverse in some way. So some of them might have different native language and just by offering those things help their engagement. They're more likely to spend time on a material on learning if there is no this basic barrier they're constantly facing. Uh, of course, just the fact that something is fun and novel and magical, while it's still magical, it's really good and uh, beneficial for everyone's engagement. So when I start using these materials, everyone, regardless of their abilities or diversity or interest, everyone is really highly engaged. Uh, I'm assuming that that kind of deteriorates over time. But uh, again, we can make it more engaging by offering different features. What uh, teachers found useful is that after a while that students have been using this kind of material, what would make them engaged again is offering them to create materials. So flipping this whole learning and teaching aspect. And it's, it's been wonderful to see what uh, students can create. Uh, it's not really about time or effort or skills even, because when they're interested in it and it's challenging and it's magical, uh, they're happy to, to explore buttons, explore options, to show us everything that it can do, maybe stuff that teacher didn't see before. So it was really a good experience to see that side of the whole, uh, of the whole idea of AR. No, that's great. That's great. And you mentioned flipped classroom there. How has it been embedded in your experience in a flipped classroom or for, say, innovative assessments? I think assessment is kind of the big question, right? How can you engage students to stay motivated? Yeah, 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 assessment is a big word now. Everyone is exploring new ways, innovative uh, assessment approaches. Of course, we all needed to change a little bit in the last few months because we didn't have those traditional assessment types we we're used to. There's no post-it notes, there's no making a poster, there's no group work on the table. However, some aspects of digital space have offered us that kind of functionality, and we can maybe group a few pupils, few students to work together on a project. They can also work together in AR, it is something that's still in development. Uh, so sometimes it's not in real time, but they can all work on certain aspect or certain page of that experience and then share that with their teacher as a group assignment. Another option is to celebrate knowledge of your students and their new understanding by creating something like that digital exhibition that I did. I'm trying to feature that to other uh, universities and teachers because I think it's a great way of developing our students' digital literacy, digital skills that they might need later, but also giving them a fun way where they can see their work among other uh, students' work and maybe share that kind of a panorama with their friends online uh, because I think when they're proud of something that they're doing and when there is a real life purpose for what they're doing so if they know there's going to be a big exhibition in digital space they're excited and they put more effort in it which altogether leads to better learning so it's a win-win situation if you ask me assessment can be traditional or innovative but it's all really about uh, celebrating our learning and I don't know maybe offering more choices really even if we're using only AR I would say you know combine it with other things just to make it fun and engaging yeah that's brilliant I think for one of your words in your motto is individualized 
kind of aspect and you've mentioned really highlighted about the importance of celebrating successes yes yeah i think to me from my experience i think yes people do celebrate successes but how are we doing that consistent is another problem but how have you found that using ar has has encouraged students or, or staff members even to bring that individualized aspects into education Oh, that's a, another good question. So that's a process, I would say. Bringing staff and their attitudes and skills to surface in their work with students is actually a several-step process because they need to be confident in their own use of some software or material to be able to share it with their students. I always try to say that that's not exactly that way, that you can go in front of your students, show them something new you found, and maybe explore it along the way with them, because that's another way of celebrating their knowledge. They're happy to show you what they found about the tool, what can be used. And even if you pick a topic, if topic is nursing or nutrition or chemistry, if you're all doing it while exploring this tool, if it's just a side thing, the way you present your knowledge, it will be something that maybe students will learn faster than teachers, which is not scary. It's really not scary. It's something to celebrate. And I think it's a great feeling for a teacher to, to be taught uh, by the students. And that's flipped again. Uh, you also learn a lot about your students and their way of presenting. Their, their personality comes out when they teach uh, someone else. Uh, so that's again type of assessment, type of individualized uh, approach if each of them can show you something. Uh, there, there are a lot of uh, pedagogical uh, ways of using this even though the tool itself started as a marketing uh, tool for uh, big companies. So I think everything in real life and digital sphere we can use for teaching is just a matter of creativity of your mind and your pedagogical um, paradigms and aspects that you use. So yeah, I think teachers can use it for individualized learning and it can be tailored to teach them too. It's about confidence. It's about also culture in each institution of how that will go with their students as well. Oh, that's brilliant. I think for our listeners of myself, we can definitely learn so much about AR and it just sounds like a really different, as you put it, it's so magical world that there's no one knows so much about it, but it just sounds so it just, yeah, so it sounds so, I don't know the world how to describe it. I think it's becoming slowly part of our daily life. It's uh, well known around uh, students' circles because it's, you know, it's embedded in all the social networks through filters and through fun features that they use with their camera. So they know really a lot about it and how to center it and how to play with it. And I think it's, you know, not that new for them, but it's still magical, which is a great idea to see. I've been really expecting that the novelty of AR will fade away. You know, it's going to be magical for a little while. And then, you know, it's just AR. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen for the last five years. And I, I am just thrilled. I can't wait to see more of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for it. So you've mentioned a few benefits in terms of having AR in, in the educational spaces. So, for example, bringing that individualization and being creative and having that diversity for students and staff. Are there any other benefits of AR? Well, there are many, depending on which educational space we use it for. Of course, I would again put great emphasis on meaningful and solving a problem. Where I found it really useful and saw great uh, examples is laboratories and AR and VR can then offer this safe environment to experiment with different compounds and see those reactions in a very safe, confined space, digital space where nothing can hurt us. 
So those kinds of uh, situations, plus if it's uh, younger students or uh, maybe primary school, we can see and hold and pet lions and endangered species, some really like dangerous animals as well. It can also take us to different places. So from practical side, it does have real, real value because it would take you several hundreds of pounds to take someone to uh, you know museum in Paris but if you can do it in 15 minutes by putting your goggles all on or watching it through your phone it really is practical solution that helps make your teaching really engaging and fun but on the other side we have this great visualization features which not only works across the board so all subjects really but some things that like STEM subjects, which can be really difficult for some students who might not have real, really well-developed abstract thinking. It's difficult to imagine those molecules or some big sizes or like a universe and how it's all the structure of things, uh, even human body. So it really allows us to see something, to visualize, to remember better. And that's the biggest really selling point for AR. What I would say as well is that AR can be really affordable and cheap thing to use, which can bring different kinds of materials to students in a digital form. So models that you would usually pay hundreds of pounds, models of human body now can be digitalized and you can see each layer or you can manipulate that object, turn it around, look around, and it helps you learn in that way. If you can create your AR, which is again free or very affordable, that's another side of it where you can not only write your notes or you know film something, you can also embed it on the exact object it re relates to. And that's then you know show and tell activity where your mind is connecting certain knowledge to a physical object and it's easier for you to remember it, to place it somewhere and to reproduce it at some point. So there's many, many benefits, but apart from everything I've said, you've mentioned accessibility. That is my greatest passion because it can really allow students who usually have difficulties accessing some knowledge to present it in the format that they can understand it, they can read it, they can uh, do it themselves, which helps a lot with the whole feeling of learning as well. Because if you don't need someone to translate it for you, if you don't need someone to help you maybe open something, then you feel more accomplished and you enjoy your learning more. It's all of those things. There's many, many things. Yes. It's funny you mentioned about the human body. So I experienced a bit of AR and it was just for me, it was just like, wow, why have I not seen this before? So I was somewhere, I think, at a conference and there was this shirt and you had to download this app and then you scan the shirt. And then it was like, whoa, the whole yeah. human anatomy physiology came alive. And then through the phone, I was able yeah, exactly to... Exactly on your body. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I could able to take the heart out, yeah. take the lungs out, twist the heart, go right into the cellar level. And so I was like, yeah. why can't I have that? In addition to my books, yes. I really like that books. <laughs> um, but also like the skeleton in the lab and at university. But it's so different because you can't afford, say, a yeah. skeleton at home. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right? I thought the so same. Something like that. It's just, it's, it's just so affordable. I thought the same because I was learning anatomy in my university. And when I saw this afterwards, my only thought was like, oh my God, it would have been so much easier for me to learn everything. I'm a very visual type and I, I was going through hell learning those structures and bones and uh, veins and everything. It was really difficult. 
And just seeing that there is a better way now, I'm so happy to promote it, you know, as much as I can. T-shirt I've seen, T-shirt is brilliant. It allows you to travel around the vessels. It's amazing. Uh, and it's so engaging as well and fun. Even though the topic is something that is usually frowned upon, it's like a, a really difficult anatomy with all the names and labels. And yeah, it's not the favorite subject, I would say. But if you introduce the T-shirt, oh my, it's it's just amazing. If someone would, you know, ship that together with the book. Oof. Yeah, that's great. And I think I could just imagine someone wearing a T-shirt up and down the corridor on campus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you can you can do a normal T-shirt as well. I've been doing it with this digital creativity group online. So young people were creating interactive T-shirts with me. So if you have like five T-shirts that you wear throughout the week, each can play a different song. So it, it's just fun and play with it. It doesn't have to be educational either, but uh, it develops digital skills in a super fun and immersive way. Them putting their favorite songs on T-shirts and then showing it to their friends like, check this out scan this scan this it was it was just a great way to see because i've usually just seen a bunch of people in a computer room trying to learn a skill this was a different way and this was so much more effective i would say yeah exactly but i can't imagine if it's in a class and everyone wears a shirt and they're not <laughs> behaving well and they're just like scanning everyone in the room and then they got the headphones in pretending to be in lectures and they're just like laughing because yeah yeah <laughs> they're seeing different things on a t-shirt it does sound weird because we have this idea of learning in a quiet ordered uh, classroom when no one moves a lot when no one speaks a lot where everyone is just reading and trying to remember but this kind of learning loud uh, with laughing with running around it, it works much better in my opinion at least i mean it would work much better on me too in, in my time as well but kinesthetic learning auditive learning all of that together it needs to be combined and that we can get only with loud classrooms where everyone's laughing and enjoying if there's a stressful environment where everyone is trying to beat the clock with something it's just not right not right <laughs> so we've mentioned a lot about the benefits um, of AR how about the risks or the limitations of using AR in the educational spaces? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy when people actually ask me that because everyone's just concerned about benefits. We hardly ever speak about limitations. So in my work, I've tried to highlight some of the ethical aspects of it. So when we're using AR, we are involving ourselves, our identities with software companies. So if our students are, let's say, younger than 13, we need to know how their identity, how their data, how their sensitive data is managed and what kind of access are we giving to those companies to collect certain data. So from that perspective, I think there needs to be uh, some sort of training for teachers and what is allowed, what's not allowed, how can we safeguard ourselves and people around us uh, in using those tools. Before using it in schools, I had to do a little study on which company could fit my, my parameters and my, my sample group because my students were quite, quite young. But there are some, so I would say not to worry about that too much, but actually just do a bit of research. Uh, there are some companies who are aware that kids are going to be using their, uh, their programs, so they have different kind of uh, setups for younger audiences, and you can set that too with your students if willing to share their data. Just an option is what's needed, in my opinion. Uh, limitation of the whole idea of using it is just lack of knowledge, I would say lack of experience as well. But if you offer your students 
choice of sharing their data or not sharing their data and just informing them about what happens with that data that is safe way to use it. There's not much. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, are they allowed those companies to store your data and maybe uh, improve their product later with it? That is significant uh, amount of data. And as we know, information is a commodity at the moment. So it's the matter of personal choice. But we as teachers, we as institutions need to give that choice to students as well. That's one thing. The other thing is just the future of this whole AR and VR world. There is some discussion on what, uh, who owns AR and VR space. Are we allowed to overlay anything? I don't know if you've seen, there was some uh, protesting against the Pokemon Go app and overlaying some monuments and some uh, significant holy places with Pokemons, which wasn't really, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't nice in a way. But giving that choice and giving the, uh, having the talk actually about ownership, about these issues is going to, you know, change the whole perspective of it and maybe, you know, yield some policies, some laws about it. So far, we don't have many, but there are some uh, good research attempts to uh, influence it. Third thing that I would just say quickly is, yeah, future of AR and VR and what are we allowing and how much of, uh, how much of our space is uh, cluttered with AR. If anyone can create AR anywhere, then soon we're just going to have a very, very crowded space of digital elements around us. Uh, so maybe there should be some sort of consensus on uh, who puts what, what kind of material is allowed, what kind of material is not. Uh, a lot of these companies that I'm using and softwares that I'm using, they're not allowing for any kind of discriminatory elements or, you know, they, they do filter out content that you share. So that is a good thing. And that allows you to have some, some safety when you uh, offer this tool to your students as well for what they create. You're also kind of uh, responsible for that. So th there's a big, big list of things that we can talk about when it comes to limitations. But it's really just about safe use, about knowing your students and using all the knowledge we already have about digital safety and uh, cyber safety. So I would strongly recommend to have that knowledge regardless of your AR, VR use. And then just, you know, apply common sense and, and that will work. Yeah, I think common sense is um, it's needed in everything. Yeah. Right? Um, Definitely. So people who are listening right now, they might feel you know, less confident in getting this started, but they're really, really interested in using AR in the future or somewhat want to dip their toes in for their, for their teaching in class. What would be, say, Sarah's top tip to getting involved? I would say starting. That's my first and I would even say only tip to start because uh, people tend to try and learn everything before they do it themselves. Uh, for AR and any kind of new innovative technology, it's changing along the way. So there is no point in trying to learn everything before you actually start. Learn along the way. So open uh, one of the platforms that you can find, either Blipper, Zappar, or any uh, AR creation uh, platform. They're all free or they have this marketing uh, license if you want to use it for you know bigger things. Uh, for hobby use, for learning, for educational purposes, it's all free. So open it and try to drag and uh, drop a few bits, try it and then look through your phone of uh, what you've created 
and then modify again. Uh, for a little bit of motivation and inspiration, you can find loads of tutorials. Try to search for AR in education or AR uh, tutorials made by teachers because it's quite different. Uh, this is a great big field. So some people are creating uh, virtual games, virtual films, which are virtual events. So you could stumble upon really difficult, complex tutorials. What you need now is literally a way to use it right away uh, as soon as you can in your practice and then learn uh, learn along the way, see what works for you, work, uh, see what not, because there will be some mistakes. Sometimes technology won't work. Uh, sometimes your students won't like it or something else might come in the way. But just starting and maybe piloting it uh, will be a really good start and um, really good jumping, from, uh, jumping point from there because uh, you will get that confidence, you will get feedback from your uh, students and you will get new ideas. Sometimes uh, other colleagues will see it and they will want to learn more. You might not feel as an expert, but if you show them what you know, uh, collective knowledge will grow. So those kinds of communities of practice are really useful and good as well. There's some Facebook groups, there's uh, Twitter chats, there are a lot of different people who work on it. I'm also very happy and uh, you know, available to uh, share anything I know and anything I've done so, so far. Um, my site is uh, augmentedtoys.org and I'm on Twitter, on any kind of platform. So if you find me, feel free to ask questions. It's, you know, it's not really a difficult thing. It's just one line and I will answer definitely. So I'm happy to connect with people. It gives me that kind of uh, circle that I've mentioned before. People giving me problems and then we're both solving it. And that just deepens the whole idea of practice and communities of practice. So I love it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing your top tips. Um, if we look to the future, then you've mentioned a touch upon you know, the future of AR in, in, in education. But how do you think AR will evolve in the way that learning and teaching will happen in the future? Ooh, uh, there's some in indication that AR will become definitely a part of the way we teach and learn because it's already on a good pathway to become a big part of our life. Uh, already we see it in uh, social media and our leisure activities, but it's uh, you know slowly going to become part of uh, your daily functioning around the house, the way we speak to Alexa now. Uh, it will probably uh, involve some AR soon around our kitchen maybe and our spaces, which can maybe show us tutorials of how to use something. Uh, but for education, logically, if we see in everyday life, it's going to have to uh, be in education too. Uh, there, there are many benefits, as I said, so that's probably going to be used. And uh, I would say uh, different headsets and devices are going to be employed in schools to widen participation and widen access to learning as well. Uh, we might see uh, more of these uh, crises where remote learning is needed. And if we have uh, infrastructure to support it, then we will just continue what we're doing in uh, digital space. So it will take a few years to build infrastructure but we have software uh, in place and we, we will soon have skills and knowledge to do it. So it's just a matter of, yeah, infrastructure, internet, devices and those things. It's always a problem, but I think it became obvious in this, these three months what, what needs doing. Mm. No, thank you for sharing for that. So let's end, with, um, let's end today's episode with a quick short firing round for us to Ooh, know you a bit okay. more then. <laughs> are, these questions are more about you 
should be quite easy, I say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, are you ready? I'm more than ready. Go. <laughs> Great. So if you are to pick one learning and or teaching platform, aside from AR or VR, what would it be? Oh, I would probably uh, pick uh, something like robotics or 3D printing. <laughs> it's visual. Ah, interesting. Three words to describe yourself as an educator. Oh, uh, creative, visual and um, talkative. <laughs> what do you do to recharge your energy after a long, stressful day of work? Oh, nice. I, uh, I do yoga, I do walks and um, I uh, draw a lot. <laughs> Other than your phone or any AR or VR equipment, would be the one best thing to carry around to show students or colleagues down in the corridor? Oh, um, I think um, tablet or um, you know a laptop that you can draw on. Those are my new gadgets and I love them so profoundly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you always carry anything techy, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. But I would maybe Merge Cube, that is fun. It's like a spongy cube that it, you know can be shown in AR. It's ridiculous what all the things you can show. Love that one too. Oh, wow. Well, sorry, just out of curiosity, then what what can it show? You know, uh, Merge Cube. If you if you Google for Merge Cube, it's it's a spongy cube, as you know, actual realistic object uh, that you can scan, and then you can see inside the cube, and it can show everything from chemistry to like uh, um, universe. Uh, what, so those applications are being developed. All you need is a cube and then, you know, everything is available. It's great. Oh, wow. Definitely need to get one of those then. You can even, you can even print out the, you can even print it out, out of paper. It's, it's great. And then just, you know, glue a cube out of it. So I love those things. That's something I would show on the, on the corridor. Definitely that. Yeah. I, I definitely need to print one out. <laughs> what are your favorite hashtags? Ooh, um, hashtag augmented reality. Hashtag uh, teaching and learning in higher education. Uh, I like uh, higher education chat. I got like edu chat. Um, oh, what else? Oh, I like uh, Monday motivation. That's a really good hashtag. And hashtag things with eyes. If you want to watch something funny, things with eyes. <laughs> oh, wow. Tea or coffee? Oh, uh, coffee. Definitely coffee. I've tried with tea. I've moved to England and I've tried with tea, but unfortunately, that's not me. <laughs> Fair enough. Augmented reality or virtual reality? Ooh, augmented reality, definitely. Uh, I want it to be accessible to more people and not everyone can access virtual yet. So, so far, augmented. We'll see in five years. Ask me again. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Invisibility or super strengths? Invisibility, definitely. On a Monday, invisibility. (laughs) What is the best 3D model you've ever created? Ooh, um, so far I think it's just earth and maybe um, like interior design of a house, dream house. Uh, I didn't do anything more serious, but um, I like to see human um, human body models. That is my next goal. I'm not that good yet. Soon, soon. <laughs> What's your favorite music genre? Uh, it's probably rock. Yeah. <laughs> what would be your alternative career that you secretly wish that you'd never had pursued? Oh, wow. Um, so, a librarian, probably. I love how nicely and neatly things are organized. And a funny one, really, really funny one, um, <laughs> which I always say when they ask me about a favorite job. You know that person next to the pool that pushes water? <laughs> that person, that's just a definition of Zen. You have this little tool and you push water back. It's it's absolutely amazing. So, you know, if, if it was an ideal world, you would probably find me next to the pool washing water. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite learning and teaching hero? Ooh, 
Um, I've got a lot, actually. A lot of them I follow on Twitter. That's how it all started. Uh, but my heroes, yeah, from my from my environment, that's definitely uh, Sarah Wright. She works in Edge Hill. Uh, she's our solstice lead and you know she's the one that motivates all of us I was when I started I was just a PhD student and then she saw my work and she's like yes yes you need to do that that so hero is really someone who pushes you to do your best that would be her and uh, for my further environment I think it was it would be uh, Scott Turner and uh, Suzanne from uh, Stratide and you know the common common crew that usually talks on our Wednesday chats so if you want to know my heroes just you know use a hashtag <laughs> <laughs> and finally because our podcast is called the education burrito what's your favorite burrito feelings oh wow that's a brilliant question uh, chicken probably or tofu I love tofu uh, I would put some uh, beans maybe some um, peppers love fresh peppers in it and some sour cream on top that would be my burrito mm, mm, I'm hungry now <laughs> yeah you're making me hungry definitely well that's all we have time for in this episode and if our listeners want to find out more about what you do Sarah how can they do so? So they can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, quite active on Twitter. Uh, that would be sarah.morsic, that's a ha- uh, handle. And of course on my webpage, which is augmentedtoys.org. Uh, that's where I put materials, but it's not so uh, dynamic uh, or interactive. So maybe if you want to talk, uh, it would be a good way to um, just you know visit me on Twitter or send me an email. Uh, my email is sarah.morsic at gmail.com. Uh, I'm happy to answer all the questions and stuff like that. I'm really not biting people. So please, please do do send a meme if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I will do one. I will do one. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> Again, a big massive thank you to you, Sarah Mersic, for sharing with us the magical world of augmented reality. Thank you for inviting me. This was really fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time and tuning into the Education Burrito. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening on and be sure to like it and share it on social media, tagging us at the hashtag TheEducationBurrito. If you have enjoyed our chat today and fancy coming onto the show, no matter as a student or member of staff, do drop us a message as we unwrap learning and teaching in the Education Burrito.